0: This is a colored pencil podcast session number 274 Welcome to sharpened artist a colored pencil podcast Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much Hey there, my name is john middick of sharpenedartist.com. This is the color pencil podcast And I am your host. Welcome back to the show. This is another show in our Question Call-In series. So, last week we talked about reference photos, where to get reference photos, and then how to navigate between references that you're using for everyday practice and those that you're wanting to use to create your own artwork from that you might sell, uh, that you might sell prints from, and original art pieces from. Okay, so if you missed that show, go back and listen to show number two seventy three, and that's where we take two questions related to what I just spoke about. Okay, so in this particular show, we're going to be talking about something a little more personal, I guess. Um, the question is addressed to me, and what I'm looking for when I'm thinking about starting a new colored pencil project, and then what qualities. I'm striving for in a good reference photo. What, what is it that I'm looking for in particular? So let's go ahead and listen to the question. Hi, John. Thanks for taking my question. I was wondering what you look for when you're choosing your next colored pencil project. And also, what qualities do you strive for in a good reference photo? All right. So what do you look for when you're deciding on your next colored pencil project to work on? So if you've been doing colored pencil for a little while, or any medium really, then when you're deciding what to do next, what is it you look for? Is there sort of like this mental checklist that you go through in your mind? And uh, if so, what is that? So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I'm looking for when i'm trying to decide on my next project and then we'll move on to the second part of the question uh, which is what qualities uh, are we uh, striving for in a good reference photo okay so first off let's talk then about what 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 we're trying to see what we're trying to look for in uh, our next project Now, for me, there are a couple of things that I review in my mind because uh, I sort of have this uh, duality of interests where I'm teaching, but I'm also um, doing artwork on a personal level, and I also take commissions. So let's leave the commissions uh, aside for now. That's a a totally different topic for a different day. But let's talk about teaching versus personal. And what it is I might be doing uh, there. So, when I'm looking at possible reference photos, then, uh, or uh, thinking about the next possible project, because I'm not always going to uh, just my bank of photos and trying to decide uh, from there what my next project will be. Sometimes the idea precedes whatever reference photo uh, I may have. And then because of what I'm wanting to teach or what I'm wanting to draw, I may go out and take those specific reference photos. That's usually the way I do it, although I'm trying to get better about um, reaching back into this bank of uh, thousands, literally thousands of photos that I've taken over the years and categorizing those and trying to use them for what they're worth rather than forgetting about them, (laughs) which is what I often do now. So I'm trying to go back and get better about that. Okay, so with teaching, there are specific things that uh, I am teaching, and so mostly related to portraits, and I've got a timeline uh, in my head, but more than a timeline, I've got specific goals and an agenda that I'm following, trying to process through that. And so uh, working with someone on my team, To make sure that we're hitting some of these large chunks and we're trying to get ahead uh, of ourselves in the distribution of some of these lessons. Uh, So, I'm talking specifically about the Sharpened Artist Academy. So, before we put out any lessons, we already know what we're going to be teaching. And so, I'm looking specifically for some references that will help in that regard. Or, uh, I've already got the concept that I want to teach. And so I'm going to just create the references that I need with my own camera. And so I've got to set all of that up. Uh, It's usually written out ahead of time in Asana. We use Asana to plan all those things. Okay, so let's lay teaching aside and let's look at uh, a personal project because I think that would be more relatable to what you're asking and anyone else probably listening today. So if it's a personal project, and I did have a a pretty lofty plan uh, for 2020 and probably like a lot of plans that many of us had in 2020, they just kind of got brushed to the side (laughs) in light of so many other more immediate things that uh, came up right this year. Um, So I thought I was going to be able to dedicate uh, time to create one personal project and, a, and a, uh, what I had in mind exactly was uh, creating uh, a portrait every single month. And uh, wow, did I ever not hit that. But let's uh, talk about, though, what I'm looking for when I'm trying to decide on my next portrait. So mostly that's what I'm wanting to do is create portraits. Now, I also like still life and I like landscapes. I'm studying a lot about landscapes, and I'm, I'm really working uh, on wrapping my head around landscapes. The, I used to think that landscapes would be just a, a simple thing to do. Uh, I'm no longer convinced of that at all. I think it's much more complex than probably uh, what I, I thought, I, I know it's more complex than what I thought. Those are the three areas that I'm concerned with personally when I start to do a personal project. So still lies landscapes and portraits. So I'm going to limit it to just one. I'm going to talk only about portraits for a moment. Okay. What am I looking for when I'm thinking about the next portrait? For me what I want to do is I want to push myself in some way. I want to Either push myself on the subject matter. We say, well, if it's a portrait, it's a portrait. It's a, you know, there's not hardly any variation in that, right? No, there's a lot of variation. So the lighting, the color, the color palette, there's a whole lot of things to consider. The pose. um, So I want to think about those things, but I want to think about the size of the piece, maybe the surface that I'm going to be using. And I want to try to think about the emotion that I'm trying to convey or the story that I want to tell. And I want to think about the overall composition for me more and more. And the more that I do this, I will tell you that composition trumps just about everything else. Not quite everything else, but just about. Composition matters a whole, whole lot. Now, What I find is that and this was true for me and I I see it in my students all the time that for whatever reason, when we're just starting out, when we're new, we will take a bad reference photo. We'll take, uh, you know, one that isn't in focus and whole list of other things that we'll address in just a moment, but we'll take something that is subpar and we may have a vision in our head and we'll try to make a less than optimal photo reference fit whatever that vision is in our head and it just doesn't work it never does and i i did this i did it constantly and until you know when once i stopped doing that and i started trying to fit the reference to the vision then everything seemed to line up a lot better, more clean. Everything uh, was easier. I made my job easier by trying to follow uh, a reference that was already hitting you know, the mark and or you know, checking all the boxes, you know. So what I'm personally looking at most of the time nowadays is I'm looking for a particular pose. And it's hard for me to put my finger on it. But I know it when I see it. But I'm looking for a particular pose, angle, and expression that helps uh, the, the viewer to stay engaged with the piece. Uh, I don't want one that is uh, so obvious. So I, I want to look for something that can tell a story but can help us to enter the thoughts of the subject. So when I'm looking at the expression, I'm thinking, is there, is there something to this expression and to the composition, maybe even the angle of the candle? Maybe I'm looking down at the particular individual, or if it's a child, maybe I'm looking up, you know, maybe the, the uh, reference, maybe I'm sitting on the ground when I took the reference of the child. But I'm trying to tell a story from a different angle than what I think we typically think of. So what's the typical? Well, I, you know, maybe there isn't, but in my mind, I think the typical is frontal pose, uh, eye level, you're parallel with the subject. What I'm trying to look at for myself personally when I'm doing my personal projects is I'm looking for a particular angle and pose and the position of the camera. Remember, the position of the camera is where I have my two legs. Most of the time, where am I positioned in relationship to the subject matter? And so if my subject, if my person that I'm taking um, a reference of is in a particular spot, is that going to help me to develop a story? And so what do I mean by a story? Is there something compelling about this particular pose or angle? And if it's if it's not all that interesting, then I may not have enough motivation to even finish it, right? I may not have enough motivation to, to start it and to begin uh doing the project. So I'm looking for something that gets me excited and makes me want to complete this project. And most of the time nowadays I'm looking for a, a turn uh in the subject. I'm I'm looking for a turn in the head uh, commonly referred to as like a three-quarter angle of uh, the head that type of pose but I'm looking for something in the subject that uh, you know some people just have a melancholy face some people have a very pensive kind of look right some people um you know some subjects that you may take pictures of they're they're pretty uh, you just you look at the the face and there's. There's a blank expression, and there's not a whole lot that will draw me in and make me think and wonder about maybe what the person is thinking. Um, you know, so I'm looking for something in particular, and I'm hoping hoping that the viewer may have some of the same ideas when they see that same uh, pose and that drawing once I complete it. Okay. So I hope that helps. And, you know, I'm not trying to be intentionally vague. I, I'm, I'm trying to answer this uh, as best I can. So I'm also looking for something that will push me. Something that when I see it, I'm excited about it, number one. But number two, I'm looking for something that says, ooh, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. This looks tough. This looks like it might be difficult to wrap my head around and to actually draw. So I'm looking for that. A lot of times that might be the hair, perhaps, or the lighting situation, uh, something like that. So I'm also trying to think about um, the size, how much detail there is in the reference, and what size am, am I going to make this? I've got to have it big enough so that I can... Show some of the detail. If it's too small, then it doesn't matter how much detail is there. I can't draw all of that. Or if I do draw all of that and I get a magnifying glass out, do we really think that those that the viewers are that are looking at the uh, the finished piece are going to have a magnifying glass when they look at it? You know, I try to think about those things. I remember I probably told this story before and I guess I'll tell it again. (laughs) But if you've heard it, you can fast forward. I remember early on I submitted a piece to a show and it was it was tiny, itty bitty. And I put all kinds of detail in there, you know, and it was a a, a photo reference uh, that I had taken and it wasn't all that good either. It was a little out of focus. But it was of my daughter, and it was like her uh, fifth birthday, something like that. So she's, you know, it's, um, uh, let's see, about midway to her waist or something like that. And the cake is there, a table. She's got her hands up, and she's blowing out the, ca- the, the, the uh, candles. And I've got all kinds of detail in there. Well, guess how big that is. The largest side of this uh, particular surface was four inches well, how much detail you think can go into four inches? Not much. So it was a uh, pretty pretty big disaster. I remember going to the show and um, somebody saying something about, "Oh, that's that's very interesting." What what is that on 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 the? Is that a cake? And and I had to fill in the blank. I had to tell them what was even there. Yeah, those are actually candles. And uh, yeah, she's uh, about to blow that out. And you know, so. It didn't do a lot of good for me to put in uh, all this detail. And I probably did use magnifying glass. I, I probably used jewelry specs, I think is what I used. So didn't do a lot of good, you know. Now, I understand using jewelry specs or something like that in order for you to see the detail for something larger. I, I get that. I mean, nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not dissing that at all. Okay. So I'm going to move along then to the second part of the question. Which is, you know, what qualities are you striving for in a good reference photo? All right. So what is a good reference photo? Well, if the visions are in your, in your head, then you kind of know if this photo hits it, right? If it's an emotional thing, if it's an expression, if it's, you know, something like that, then you kind of look at it, you see it, you know whether or not that's it, right? What if, though, on the other hand, it's something like, um, you know, I, I'm i going to draw maybe um, 14 inches uh, in one direction, you know, like, um, uh, you know, I want this portrait to be uh, 14 inches uh, tall. Is there enough detail in there and is this in focus and is there enough detail that I can see that I can actually... Draw something that large. Now, if I blow this up and I look at my reference and it's all pixelated, once I blow it up to get it large enough where I can see the detail, then I'm not doing myself any favors by doing that, right? By taking a reference that just won't work for this size of a drawing. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for something that's in focus. I'm looking for that expression that I just talked about. I'm looking for something that if, you know, in focus, but if I blow it up large enough for my particular surface and I want it to be something that I can blow up even larger than what I'm going to draw it, because sometimes that's important, right? Then that's something I want to pay attention to. I want it to be Exposed properly. So, I want to be able to see enough detail in the shadows and enough detail in the highlights. So, is the lighting situation nice? Is it not underexposed and not overexposed? Overexposed means that it's washing out all those bright areas so that I can't see any detail. It just looks like white, you know, or it looks like um, there's no detail whatsoever in those bright areas. So, that matters. And for me personally, when I'm taking my own reference photos, which is what I do um, 99.999% of the time, then I'm shooting in RAW because I want an uncompressed file when I start to work on my photo reference. When I start to prepare that reference for my next drawing, then I don't want a JPEG image to start from. I may convert it and always probably will convert it to a JPEG image, but I'm gonna start with a raw file type so that I can control all of the lighting, all of uh, the photo editing, every every single thing. And there's too many things to list here uh, that I can control in uh, a raw type. Okay, does it have good composition? I said I was gonna talk about this a um, while ago so that's what concerns me more than anything, probably more than anything else. Is it a good composition? Because I don't want to play around in Photoshop forever and try to doctor this photo up, try to make a bad photo good. It just doesn't work. So one of the biggest things that it just kind of grates on me when I'm looking at uh, a reference now, the reference doesn't bother me if it does this, but my drawing would bother me if I did this. If it's kissing the edge, so if the top of the head is at the top of the paper, now for a reference photo, that's fine. But when I draw that image, I don't want to draw uh, that image where every you know the ears and the top of the head and the bottom of the chin, maybe something like that, is touching the edge of the paper or the edge of the mat, if you get this framed, right? Because that's um, disturbing, for lack of a better term. (laughs) I mean, it's not disturbing, but it's it's something that kind of just bothers us when we look at something and say, ah, there's not enough room there. I need more room for that head. It's even better if you cut the head off, if you go a little beyond and cut some of the hair off, than it is to just go up there and just barely kiss the edge of the paper. You know, the edge of the composition. We don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And so if it comes uh, something that is uh, not coming naturally to you, if it's difficult, then think about the rule of thirds or the golden ratio, uh, any of those kind of things to help you with understanding what good composition is. And if you follow some of those things, then you should be OK. Some things I'm not going to be real overly concerned about, though, in a reference photo um, are the colors. Uh, that doesn't bother me so much. I want to make sure that uh, the values are, are good. So if I have a good tonal range of values, then uh, the colors I can always change. And that, that's something that is not a primary concern at all. All right. Well, I hope that helped. This is a quicker answer to this particular question, a quicker show than uh, as well. If you would like to get your question featured on the show, all you have to do is go over to sharpenedartist.com slash podcast and click on the banner over on the right hand side. Says send voicemail. When you click on that, you'll get a little pop up. Says send a voicemail to John. Or voice message to John. Hit start recording. You can re-record. You can cancel. You can uh, listen to it before you send it. I would appreciate that if you want to call it in on your cell phone. Uh, You can always just wrap it up in uh, a voice message. And email it to me. Podcast at sharpenedartist.com Or call the number 513-301-0005 This is a weekly show. And I'll talk to you again next week. Until then, stay sharp. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.